what if your employees enter not not like uh not not like running and, and you know the the leadership is lined up like like a marathon what if what if your guests are watching them enter like the team enter in the field at, at a football game at the super bowl you yeah. got the fog and you get the big inflatable arch you know going through i don't know that would that would amp up the beginning of my day Welcome to the Attraction Pros Podcast, where we discuss the latest trends and challenges facing the attractions industry today. We chat with some of the top leaders in the field and provide resources that will help develop your career in this great industry. I am Josh Liebman. I am obsessed with the guest experience and helping attractions make that their top priority for success. And I'm Matt Heller. I am passionate about organizational effectiveness, leadership development, and employee engagement. Now sit upright, hold on tight, and get ready for the Attraction Pros Podcast. Hey, Josh, how are you? Hey, Matt, I'm doing, I'm doing quite all right today. How are you? I am fantastic. Wow, yes. that's a good one. Wow, that was <laughs> that was one of your your best fantastic. They're all great, but that was oh. that was a really good one. Hey, that was I fantastic. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, I have a question for you. All right. If you were just to describe something that's bigger than big, it's bigger than huge, it's bigger than out of this world, what one word might you use to describe that? You mean aside from fantastic with 14 A's? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I would probably go because I think I know where you're going with this question. I'd go with epic. Epic. Yes. Yes. That's Did exactly where I was going. Okay, good. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, because at the time of this recording, uh, Universal just announced, or I shouldn't say announced, they they gave us some clues into what Universal Epic Universe is going to look like. And I got to say, it looks fantastic. <laughs> I am pretty freaking excited. What What are you most excited about, about Epic? Honestly, um, is it called Centennial Park? The middle park? Celestial. Celestial Park. Yeah. Yeah, I need to learn these things. Celestial Park. Um, it's okay. It's so new. E even at the time we, we were recording this, it's a little before the release date. So it's, you know, it's... That's true. We, it was just announced like yesterday at the time yesterday, of this recording. Literally yesterday. Um, <laughs> what I, I love about it, like at least in the renderings that we got to see online is how it looks like a park. And that was even mentioned in the, in the teaser video. Like we're going to put the park back in theme park. Um, and I love the way it looked. I love the water features and the, and the greenery. And I just love that part of it. But then also how it's got these spokes and these tunnels that portals that will take you into another world. I just, that part just really, really, I get a goosebumps right now. Just thinking about it. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing, which I, I think is so funny because like us as like theme park junkies and like roller coaster nerds that we are, we're like, oh, the park part of it. Uh, <laughs> I love that phrase of like putting the park back in theme park because I think that that's something that that just adds to the whole the whole atmosphere. And there are so many, I would say, like historic parks throughout throughout uh, the country, throughout the world that naturally have that appeal. But a lot of the parks that were built, I would say, in the last 50 to 75 years or so have, have almost lost a little bit of of that piece so kind of building that in right from the beginning is uh is gonna be really cool that and uh nintendo of course yeah. of course yeah, <laughs> yeah. um and I, I loved the the uh and if you by the way if you're listening to this if you're watching this if you haven't seen the um uh the teaser video that they that they put out then i'm i'm sure you're living under a rock because it was it was all over every feed that i have um but go look for it i'm sure it's on universal's page but um, it's been in so many publications outside of the industry that i that i follow i was like oh cool i was like oh yeah. there morning yeah. crew and like yeah and all these other ones yeah um but what i thought was so cool is how they're they're starting to kind of give you the little tidbits of the story um, that they're that they're trying to tell as as you experience this, and I thought that was really cool. I don't want to give away too much, but um, I just thought it was it was so so well done, just in the in terms of how they they told that um, I, I hate to say it, but told the story of the the new theme park. And honestly, as someone who used to work at Universal, it made me really proud. I have nothing to do with this, absolutely nothing to do with this. 
my only tie is that I have an old universal name tag somewhere here in my office, but I haven't worked for universal for a long time, but having been a part of that organization, I know what has gone into this and I know uh, still a lot of people that are there and they're super proud of it. And I'm, I'm happy for them. I'm excited for them. I'm proud for them. And, you know, just being part of the universal family, um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty proud too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're we're alumni. We are we are That's universal true, yeah. alumni where we where we spent you know a good portion of our careers, and I I couldn't agree more. I I love that uh, that yeah that I that I had my time there and still know so many people and know people who are involved with with the with the project and um, you know and and we're proud and can only imagine how proud they are, especially for all this to now start to start to unfold and and really come to life. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, this also got me thinking about something. Okay. Um, because obviously there's a lot of work that's going into the opening of, of a brand new theme park, brand new, right? There's going to be a lot of work that goes into, uh, getting your, getting the people ready, you know, training the frontline team members and the leadership and, and doing all those things and getting everybody on the same page. And I know you've been a part of openings, uh, in the past, I've been a part of openings in the past. And I know there's a ton of energy that goes into building up to this. But what I also know from my experience is that sometimes after the, the shininess wears off a little bit, right? Maybe after the honeymoon period, that things calm down a little bit. And maybe we haven't thought through how to sustain that high level of you know, guest engagement, team member engagement, um, you know, all those things that made it so, so special. And so, so, you know, creating those emotional connections when you first started that sometimes we don't think about those things to sustain that type of thing throughout the, throughout the years. And so that's kind of what got my gears turning. And I wondered if you and I could get into a conversation about things from the, from the guest perspective and the employee perspective, maybe, maybe how we could, you know, with our collective experience, looking back, what we could do to help sustain those processes through the years. Love it. Such a great topic. And I, you know, I, I completely agree with everything you said of like the newness wears, wears off. I distinctly remember at Legoland Florida, which I, I left Universal to go open Legoland in, in 2011, uh, which is uh, uh, in between Orlando and Tampa or, or in Winter Haven, part of the, part of the central Florida area. I distinctly remember all the months leading up to the park opening, then the opening, and then the the opening kind of, I guess, frenzy is probably the, <laughs> the best way to put it. And then I remember we all kind of came to a realization where I think even even one of my colleagues said, um, you know, that the champagne has stopped flowing. Uh, we're now we're out of the the honeymoon phase and into what our standard operations are, which is what we built it for. But to get through that, there's there's a lot of fluid dynamics that that go into that and of course epic universe is is going to experience that every every new park every new property every new attraction goes through that and yeah once once you get through that you come out on the other side saying all right now we're now we're in normal opera this is this is what we really planned for from a long-term standpoint maybe it's very similar to what it was like before the attraction opened maybe there's some differences and some modifications after being in that that honeymoon period that realized oh we need some some tweaks and little changes to uh to our operating model but then yeah what do we what do we do to keep keep our standard going on a day-to-day -day basis forever Forever. Yeah. In perpetuity. So let me, <laughs> let me ask you a question from a, from a guest perspective, right? You've probably been to places maybe, you know, s soon after they opened and, and you felt that excitement. Um, and then maybe you, you went later on and it wasn't, wasn't that same feeling. And, and, you know, part of that excitement probably was just because it was, it was open, right? It was new. It was, you know, I remember standing on the bridge between City Walk and Islands of Adventure when the first Harry Potter section opened, the Wizarding World, and just the excitement of people, you know, and, and what, what they were going to experience. And a lot of that, I think, is the anticipation of what that is. They've never done it before. Uh, but I guess my question is, thinking about this from a guest perspective, what are some ways that we can sustain that excitement or that that it's the first time feeling every time. And I don't know if it's possible, but if anybody's going to think about how it is possible, it's you. So that's why I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, Matt, you know, the, the nice thing about this is because I, I think this question, this topic ties in really well with the intersection of the guest and employee experience. Because every time the guest comes, it should feel like the first time, right? It should it should feel like that opening day. You know, I hear Foreigner now playing in my head, right? It feels like the first time, right? Uh, I think that also applies to the employees as well. And I think the way that to make it feel that way for the guest is if the employees acted that way, if it did act like it, this, this was opening day every single time. And that's, you know, that's the interesting thing about our industry is that the majority of guests that we are serving, they're not doing this on a daily basis, or at least they're not, they're not doing this on a regular basis. Whereas the team members are right. They, they get up, they come to work in an attraction, a zoo, aquarium, a, a museum, an FEC, a trampoline park, a theme park. It is what they get to see and do every single day that it feels normal. It feels routine. And oftentimes there are those days where it feels redundant. Whereas, they get to work and they see that family where we've planned for this for months. We've saved for this for months. Anticipation. We anticipated this for so long. And that's when those worlds collide. And if the team member isn't in that first day feeling, then the guest might not feel that way as well, even if it is their first time. Mm -hmm. Well, I think you're absolutely right that, you know, once we get into that operational uh, mentality instead of the hospitality mentality, maybe that, that, you know, things may become a little routine or you've done this before, or, you know, I've scanned that ticket before I've, you know, hooked up that, that harness before I've done all this and, and now it's going to be kind of rote. So I think it comes back to a mentality as well. I think it comes back to a mindset and maybe it's not that, you know, you've got this grand opening, you know, that you do in, in June for your, for your new attraction, but maybe every day is a grand opening, you know? Mm -hmm. And if you think about it that way, and I'm talking from leadership on down to our front line. So it's not just a frontline thing, right? You know, your leadership really has to think about every day being an opening day. I remember when I was working at Valley Fair and one of my favorite times of day was when we got to go up to the front gate and there were people lined up. And I mean, they were ready to come in and we got to got to unlock the gates and open them up and let them come in. And it was such a, a magical feeling, you know, because boom, the park is on, the park is alive. And it's really the guests that make the park feel alive. But I think if you have a, a set of team members up there, and this is back when we would take tickets and go through an actual turnstile. Um, but if you have team members up there, like, hi, next, next next it doesn't feel that way to the guest and and if i were to put myself at the guest shoes and think about my anticipation and i've actually had these kind of experiences where you've got the anticipation it's going to be so cool it's going to be so cool and then all of a sudden it's brought down by the team member who is there in their routine of what they've done every single day and what they're going to do for the rest of the summer or the rest of their, their time there. And again, I think that's where it goes back to the, the leadership to set the expectation. Maybe it's through a morning meeting. Um, maybe it's through, you know, you, you know, doing something in the morning that gets people up and excited and, and ready for the day. Um, but also just preparing them and saying, this is what our guests are expecting. This is what should be the standard that we have every single day so that when people come in, they're experiencing that grand opening. I, I think the like the takeaway in the question here is, is really how can leaders make their employees feel like every single day is their first day of employment, right? And, and have that, that level of enthusiasm. Because from the, the guest standpoint, uh, you know, you could look at what a lot of parks and attractions do simply the, the national anthem and a, a flag raising, uh, a, a rope drop, you know, of some sort, an opening show. Maybe there's some pyro involved, something, you know, something like that to, to amp up, you know, the gates are now opening. Take that exact same feeling that you're giving to your guests and give that to your team members when they're coming into work. Now, it can't be of the same scale of, you know, or of, of the probably that that you can do, you know, for your guests, but still that same mindset of I'm I'm here and I am just as excited, if not more enthusiastic than the guests who are coming to visit. Hmm, where have I heard that before? Be more excited than your guests. 
I think I heard it right here on the Attraction Pros podcast when we interviewed Joel Manby in, I think, the summer of 2020. <laughs> wow, that's going back. It's a good memory. Good memory. Well, I um, quoted it in my book as well. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was referring to. Um, right. <laughs> but no, I, I, I think there's 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 really something there that you know, can get lost in the day to day. And that's, again, I think that comes back to a mentality. It comes back to a gut check. Am I just doing this, you know, day to day, you know, checking the schedule, doing all the things I need to do to make sure the park is open? Am I, am I checking the trash cans? Am I unlocking the lock? Am I opening the gates? Or are we looking at this every single day, like a ceremony, mm -hmm. right? Like you said, you know, playing the national anthem or so, having some sort of show, is that part of the opening so that the guests get that feeling uh, and hopefully the team members get that feeling as well? So what are, I mean, can we workshop this in, in real times? Like, what, like what what ideas that, I mean, I know we're, you know, we're, we're not actively in the parks or in attractions every single day, but but off the top of our heads, what, what are some things that leaders can do for their team members to make that walk into work experience feel like the walk, the walk in the front gate experience? Well, let me back up just for a second because I want to get to that, but I also want to get to what's going to lead to that, which is planning ahead, right? Which mm. sounds, okay, we're talking about this, all this exciting stuff, and then you're talking about planning ahead. Yes, because when we are in the day-to-day, -day, sometimes we we don't think about or we don't have time to think about, okay, what am I doing for my team members today, right? How, how am I going to greet them today? And if I have to think about a new way to do that every single morning, I'm going to give up. Right. It, it, at some point, it's right. going to be it's going to be easier for me to just say, OK, come on in, you know, punch in, do your thing, you know, go go to your go to your your location. And and, you know, the, the world's not going to end if I if I do it that way. Right. So I think it takes some planning ahead, which means that, you know, if you are a seasonal business and you're a year round manager, you've got a little time in the winter. I know that our our off seasons are getting shorter. Uh, for a lot of seasonal businesses, but you know, you've got some time there to think about how you might do it. And it doesn't have to be over the top. It doesn't have to be this huge, um, you know, expense and effort, but sometimes just doing something consistently and doing something that's a little out of the ordinary can, can really help. So now getting back to what can we actually do? Um, and I think a lot of this also goes back to the, the person's personality. So I'll share some of the things that I used to do that were just part of me and who I who I am, um, but it may not apply necessarily to everybody. But when people would come in, when I was the assistant rides manager at Canopy Lake Park, and people would come in, this was back in the day when you'd punch in with a paper time card, right, in the time, in the time clock, and everybody came through the same way. And I had my clipboard, and I would tell people what ride they were going to. And I tried to have a unique greeting for everybody that came in. And it could be something that was related to the ride they were going to. It could be something that was related to them specifically. Um, there was one person who uh, we just reconnected recently on Facebook. And I used to sing their name to the tune of um, The Final Countdown by Europe. That song, you know, every morning when she would come in, I would sing her name to that. To, and she remembered it like 30 years later, she remembered that, that, that I would do that. And so it's, it's a way to, you know, just welcome people in, in a, in a personal way. And I know you talk a lot, a lot about personalization. So that's one of the things that I did at, at that time. And there was a mechanism to do that because I had to check people in. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm even thinking of this, like, at the organization, I'm now already thinking of this procedurally as well. Like at the organizational level, what if every single salaried manager was on rotation where in the morning they're at the employee entrance and, you know, you, there's, they're probably being greeted by a security guard, you know, at, at, you know, at first from, you know, from a security standpoint, but also maybe that, that duty manager who's just there to, to welcome enthusiastically everyone who's coming in and reading name tags if they don't know you if they you know or asking do you do you need anything is there any assistance you know going on or if they see an employee who maybe isn't they look like perhaps they're in a bad mood for whatever reason could they intervene at that point but i'm thinking of this like from the guest perspective there's there there's someone there to greet you enthusiastically when you arrive how about from the employee perspective as well yeah 
Well, and what you just made me think of is at the end of the night, I know we have talked about the goodbyes, right? That we do for our guests where there's all kinds of people that are, that are, you know, making the gauntlet run where your guests go through there. Hey, thank you for coming. Good night, blah, blah, blah. Why can't we do that for our team? Right. Either at night or, or in the morning to greet them. Yeah. Clocking out and going home is very unceremonious, right? Uh, An an unceremonious way to leave a theme park, (laughs) right? Where if you could, if you could, add some of that that juice that you're giving to your guests then and amp that up a bit well and the word that just popped to mind which we don't usually use with team members is transactional Mm. you know punching in and out is very transactional like Mm -hmm. finding out your your assignment for the day if you're a frontline team member typically very transactional Right. And I know we talk about that from the guest perspective, where if there is something where they're buying, you know, a piece of plush for their for their kids or a T-shirt or whatever. Yes, there is a transaction that has to happen there if they're, you know, giving you money for that piece of piece of uh, uh, that merchandise. But there could also be a a great interaction there. And Mm -hmm. if we can we can elevate the transaction to an interaction you know, even just taking that concept, elevate a transaction to an interaction, I think we've got the makings of the creative thought process that you can use when you're planning ahead and think about how do I do this for everybody. So maybe you're not singing to your employees in the in the morning. That's okay. You know, maybe you're you're you know setting out something where you're you're writing notes to them and you're you know maybe maybe you've got uh some fun sayings that you want to want to want to get out there or there's a message board that you can you can share something with whatever that method is if you can you know elevate that experience for your team they're much more likely to elevate that experience during the day for their guests i just had a funny idea that i'm sure is not feasible in 99 percent of circumstances <laughs> but have you ever spectated a marathon or or large race not in person. Okay. Uh, spectating a marathon, I will say, is so much more enjoyable than running a marathon. So, however, while I was running my marathon, one of the things that I did in particular was that I had my name screen printed on my shirt. So as I'm running through, people are cheering for Josh, Josh, let's go, Josh, you got this. I've been visioning this as employees are coming to work, that leadership is there on, on both sides of whether it's it's the hallway or even just the, the back of house pathways in and they're holding signs like, you got this. <laughs> I don't know. I'm thinking about spectating a marathon, but instead of marathon runners, it's team members coming into work. Like I said, probably not feasible in 99% of circumstances, but hey, if you can duplicate even a fraction of that energy, man, does that boost enthusiasm. Absolutely. Well, and I think, Part of the reason you're probably thinking that this is infeasible that I'm thinking of too is when I when I go back and put myself in, in the shoes of the operations manager, I've got a lot to do in the morning. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And there's there's a lot to do to get the park ready or, you know, fill out forms or whatever you got to do, you know, to get ready for the day. And we just haven't prioritized greeting our team members in that way. So mm-hmm. I think over time, if we can, again, plan ahead and figure out ways to prioritize that experience for our team members, then we can make it happen. One thing mm-hmm. I always go back to when, when people say, well, I don't have time to do X, Y, Z. If you want to make the time, you will find the time. And here's the example that I use uh, for water parks that have to do regular in-service to maintain their certification. They find time to do these often two hour in services, you know, every couple of weeks with all their lifeguards to maintain their certification. Well, why can't we do two hour guest service training every two weeks? Because we haven't prioritized it because we're not trying to trying to keep up with a certification. But once the hospitality mentality certification comes around, then you're going to be working on how to how to work that into the budget. All I'm saying is, if you want to make it happen, you're going to make it happen. Mm hmm. First of all, love it. <laughs> Excellent point. Awesome point. Um, so we're talking about getting past the honeymoon phase, but I know we've got some other uh, some other thoughts and ideas that we have as well about sustaining the, the guest and employee experience. And we also like to talk about using feedback to make improvements too. 100%. I think one of the things that gets people through that honeymoon phase is the adrenaline. It's the excitement, however long that lasts, you know, if it's a couple of weeks or a couple of months, depending on the facility, depending on the guests, you know, you've 
you've got that adrenaline that's going to keep you going. But after that period, or heck, even during that period, you have to know how you're doing against the standards that are that are set up. And so that could be feedback from a guest. That could be feedback from a manager to a team member. That could be internal uh, feedback. Like I know before we started recording, I was talking about my experience at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. We'll go back there. Um, and our maintenance team was getting pictures from Warner Brothers daily of things that needed to be addressed. And, you know, sometimes it got a little annoying. Wow, we got all these different pictures. But ultimately, you've got this amazing feedback mechanism where somebody is helping you, helping helping to show you what can be improved. And now we just need to go execute it. Well, the same thing can happen when it comes to our team members, right? We may not recognize that, you know, after that adrenaline wears off, you know, and, and we're now into our operation, we may not recognize that we're not as smiley and bubbly as we were in the past. We're not, you know, doing the things that maybe we had done during that honeymoon phase because we're into the operational phase and maybe we didn't know that that was an expectation. So getting the feedback from the team, I think is critical. Um, also, I know one thing you talk a lot about is getting the feedback from the guests. What are they saying and how can we use that to improve. So maybe the question too is what's that what's that mechanism that we use to to use to to get that feedback and also what's the priority that we use to to actually uh act upon it because we're going to get a lot, right? So mm -hmm. we have to figure out, you know, from a from a sustainability standpoint for our own sanity how much we can actually take on. Yeah. Well, I will also talk about the Wizarding World of Harry Potter as well. Since we're this is like a universal themed episode, it seems like at the time that it opened, uh, I was in the I was a senior coordinator within guest communications, which was uh, uh, the team kind of handling all correspondence to and from guests, part of the guest services department. And while we were in that honeymoon phase, we started getting a lot of wands from Ollivanders, like the magic wands that guests would buy. A lot of them were coming back to our office broken. And we would need to go out, have it replaced, and then ship it back to the guest. Perhaps refund it to them. At least we'd, we'd pay for the shipping, you know, back and forth because it was, you know, it was the product that broke. Uh, and, and it was very laborious for us to do that. So the, the, the guest service office at that time was in the front of the studios park, the guest communications office, I should say, whereas the Wizarding World of Harry Potter was in the back of the Islands Park. So it was a very long walk to take care of one guest situation. We had to realize why we were getting these wands back and we were looking at the feedback that aligned with it. And it turned out the parents were buying these wands for their kids. The kids were playing with them. They were smashing them together. They were basically treating them like, like lightsabers, essentially, instead of instead of wands from, you know, from the wizarding world. And uh, it all had to do with kind of this label on it that said not a toy. And how big is the label? How presentable is the label? Does the guest, you know, is the guest really aware of it? Is the label enough? So we looked at all this feedback that was coming through and also looking at all these wands that we were replacing. And we said, hey, can we take an operational approach to this? Obviously, the, the, the immediate solution was, can we get sturdier wands that don't break as easily? Well, that would be a long process with the, the retailer, the manufacturer who had, you know, so many other, you know, distributors and, and toys and things that they were manufacturing. We said, what can we do right now to help fix this? And it was about putting in these, these operational solutions of working with the retail team to say, hey, as you might know, we're, we're exchanging a lot of these wands. Can we build it into perhaps the conversation at the checkout of, these are not a toy. Please don't, you know, bang them against anything. They're for display or only, you know, et cetera. Once we started working it from that standpoint, we still watched the feedback. The number of wands that came back to the office substantially dropped. And what we realized from that, and this is one thing that I like to talk about a lot, is that the solution is not always the opposite of the problem. So the opposite of that problem would be sturdier wands that don't break. But we knew that that was not a quick fix and maybe wasn't even a, an easy solution at all. But if we could take an operational and guest experience approach, 
we can use that feedback and we can make improvements to the guest experience and to the operations. And we can report that using the data that we're getting to be able to alleviate this concern and ultimately make these improvements that sustain the guest experience standard. Because not only is the wand broken, but the guest is very upset as well, because this was a, a huge part of, of their vacation, of their trip and the time that they spent at the park. So we, if we can alleviate that, we can raise guest satisfaction and sustain the standard. I love that. I love that story. Every time you tell it, I, lo I love hearing it. <laughs> You've heard um, it a few times. Probably. I've heard it a few times. Um, <laughs> I think that's also in the book. <laughs> but, I, um, but one of the things that that kind of struck my mind as you were as you were saying that, thinking not only about the Wizarding World, but anywhere in any facility, is two words that really go against the sustainability of quality and and get in the way of us being able to use feedback. It's fine. Oh, it's fine. Ooh. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It makes you shiver. Yeah. And I think back to why that might have been uttered. Like, you know, if you if you walk by something and you say, we really need to get that painted. Oh, oh, it's fine. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Well, why is it fine? Is it fine because nobody's complained about it recently? Is it fine because we see it every day? And again, the world hasn't ended because of that. Um, is it fine because we know that there are so many other things that have higher priority that, you know, this might cost a lot. This might take a while to get to. So it's fine, you know? Um, and so I, I, I want people to kind of think about if they're in that moment of saying it's fine, what that means is you're probably not listening to the to the feedback as much as we could or saying, hey, instead of saying it's fine, let's say, let's put that on a list. Yeah, maybe we can't get to, get to it today, but when can we get to it and how are we going to make sure that it, it gets taken care of? Um, mm -hmm. One of the things that, that again, I know that I, I experienced when I was younger was that I'll call it annoyance when somebody pointed out something that I had already seen, right? And if it was already in my mind, I just hadn't written up the work order yet or whatever the case may be. I wasn't listening to my own feedback. And I, I think, you know, you talk about feedback from the guests. You know, I certainly talk a lot about feedback from uh, from managers to team members and vice versa, right? You know, managers can also get feedback from their team in order to improve. But are we also listening and acting on feedback from ourselves? So often mm -hmm. we're walking through a a part, and I'll, I'll use kind of the physical environment. We're walking through a part of the park or a part of the facility, and we see something that may have been um, damaged or maybe, you know, something that has been there for a while. And we say, again, it's fine because, you know, it's it, the building's not falling down. We're okay. Um, but let's look at that long term. We're talking about sustainability. When people come into the facility and they see that, over and over again. Let's take a family entertainment center where maybe, you know, somebody's bringing their kids every couple of nights or every couple of weeks or something like that and they see the same thing that is not being taken care of over and over and over and over again. There's a mentality, there's a, there's a mindset that starts to to embed in that guest that hmm are are they are they not taking care of other things? And so when we look at those things that you know, if it's feedback from ourselves, if it's feedback from the guests, if it's feedback from our team, if we're not acting on it, if we're not using it to actually improve and get better, there will be people that notice down the road. Right. So it, it may not be an immediate impact, but it absolutely will have a long-term impact. So there's a, a gym that I used to go to that specializes in, in personal, like one-on-one -on -one training. And it's, it's this very boutique, very small facility. They have one drinking fountain and the handle on it is broken. And, and it's, it's not easy to like fill up your water bottle or, or like get a drink. And instead of paying like a monthly membership, like you're paying for like personal training sessions. So I'd always kind of like make a comment on it. I'm just like, hmm, see that I see the drinking fountain still broken. Right. I, I'd be in there a couple times a week. And it was something that I was just like, you know, this is way more expensive than a regular gym. And at the regular gym, they keep their drinking fountain over, right? They like they see that as like, oh, it's it's something that they fix. So you, you kind of jog my memory there of uh, of that, like, oh, it's it's fine, you know, not too many people are complaining about it. But if those guests notice it time and time again, then it's like, hmm, I feel I feel like this is something that can be fixed. And you know what? It's not only 
team members or employees who say it's fine, but it's also guests too, who don't necessarily want to speak up and complain. I know you've you've probably heard me say the stats at you know a, a billion times, but less than four percent of people with an issue are going to complain. It's one out of one out of twenty six is is the number. So for every complaint that you do get, that guest is speaking for twenty five other people who had a similar issue and decided not to speak up about it. One of the best ways you can do that is through actively seeking feedback and doing it in ways that give the guest not just the ability, but really the opportunity and welcoming constructive feedback of where perhaps it didn't uh, didn't meet their expectation. Uh, a number of years ago, I rented a car uh, with Alamo. You're a fan of Alamo, aren't you? I'm a big fan of Alamo. I think, I mean, they are different. They are just different than any other rental car company out there. I, I rented the car, I was in uh, Pensacola, Florida. And um, and when I got back to the rental, as I was turning it back in, I was asked a question that stuck out that became very memorable for me. And it, it wasn't groundbreaking or, or mind blowing or anything. But the question the gentleman asked when I returned the car was, what could we have done to make your experience better? And the reason why I found that question so impactful is because I'm not asked that very often. I'm asked, how was your experience? Which the most common answer is, it's fine. It's fine, right? <laughs> was there anything that could have been done better? No, it's fine. If there is anything that could have been done, been done better, let us know. He basically was saying, welcome back, please complain. T tell us what's not fine. And you know what, Matt? Everything was fine. And I, I felt bad that I didn't have an answer. I thought about on the plane home. I was like, what, what could have been better? I was like, I, I can't even think of anything, but I'm so glad I was asked that question because I was welcomed into, into that process of, of give us feedback so that we can continually improve the experience and sustain the standard that we expect to be able to deliver. Absolutely. Yes. I'm a big fan of Alamo. Great to hear that they are, they are still using that line. Um, one of the things that that made me think of from the employee uh, experience side of things is I just recently had a conversation with a with an operational manager, and he said, you know, I'm, I've been thinking about having some one-on-ones with my team, and that piqued my interest because I'm a big fan of one-on-ones, and um, so we got talking about it a little bit, and where it came from was he said, I really just, I want to know my team better. I want to know what drives them. I want to know how I can be a better manager for them. So he's looking for feedback as well. Well, later on in the conversation, we started talking about some of his rock stars on his team, people that he really wants to, um, you know, make sure that they continue with the organization and that he can continue to, to develop them. And he mentioned a couple of names and I said, well, have you had the conversation with them about, you know, staying with the organization. Like you see them, you know, doing a great job. You see that they are, you know, could be could be long-term team members that you're, you know, kind of counting on that, you know, in terms of their development and how they can kind of move through the organization. And I said, have you had that conversation? And he said, no, I haven't. And I said, well, during those one-on-ones that you want to have, this would be a great opportunity to get that feedback from them, right? So that you're not playing the, I'm going to hope that they're going to stay game, right? And you can put a little bit more uh, planning to it and say, let's 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 talk about this. Do you want to stay with this organization? Do you see a future here? I see a future here for you. Let's talk about it. What development do you need? What kind of path can we put you on? What kind of uh, resources can we provide to ensure that you have a great experience so that you want to stay? And I think when you're when you're asking for feedback to improve the overall experience, you're not only improving the experience for that team member, ideally, right? Because you're giving them more uh, development and you're you're helping them see a way uh, to it to a career path, but you're also helping the organization because now you hopefully have a, a longer tenured employee that knows the operation better, that can get that can uh, have a, a more positive impact on the team, that can be more confident and competent in what they're doing. I mean, it just goes. 
uh, you know, the, the, the positivity or the positive outcomes can go in so many different directions. So tying what you talked about from the guest perspective in terms of, you know, getting their feedback, we can also do that with our teams to continually improve ourselves, but also continually improve them and the organization. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. All right. We have one more thing that, that we want to talk about as well before we, before we wrap this up. And that's about pushing the goalpost because we're talking about not just sustaining the standard of the guest and employee experience, but we're talking about growing it. And we're talking about making it even better and ways to push the limits and really continue to extend it. Because what we're talking about has no plateau. There's no ceiling. There's no limit. All I have to say about that is, wow. <laughs> and the reason... I have to say that is because when you and I talk about the guest and employee experience, one of the things we do with, with our participants when we're doing a, a workshop is we talk about the wow moment, right? Mm -hmm. And when I think about not plateauing, I think in terms of how do I continue to create an environment or an experience where someone is going to say, wow. Right. Mm -hmm. So whether yeah. that's a guest, a team member, let's go back to your example of having the management team uh, as the gauntlet as people are coming in to sign in for work. Is that a wow for people? I hope so. I hope it's a positive wow for people. Um, so when you think about how you focus on what those wow moments are going to be, obviously, you know, it could be different for everybody, but you really have to focus on the fact that it's going to be something that's unexpected, right? It's going to be something that's going to have some thought behind it, but it's also going to be something that has an emotional connection with that particular person. So when I go into a, a theme park and somebody, you know, really just goes over the top or, you know, says something that's maybe out of the ordinary, maybe it's, you know, one little statement that I just would not have expected. I might say, wow, you might've said, wow, to the Alamo person, like, wow, I don't know how to answer that question. Right. So that's what I think about when I think about, um, uh, you know, the the non plateau uh, concept of guest and employee experience, because if we can continually figure out how to get people to say, wow, that means that we're continuing, continually upping the ante of our of our performance and our delivery of the experience. Yeah, yeah, love it. The more you push it forward, the more your guest satisfaction will grow, your guest loyalty will grow, your employee satisfaction, your employee employee loyalty will grow. And they're the metrics that are that are able to to show that if you are ranked number 27 out of things to do in your area on TripAdvisor, that means you know exactly how far you need to get to be able to get to number 1. And you know what? When you get to number 1, what do you do then? you keep going, you reinvent number one. You and I both work with a, a number of attractions that are ranked number one on TripAdvisor and they want to keep investing in their guest experience and their employee experience to, to not only protect that number one spot, but to really push it even further and even create that difference between number one and number two that, uh, that allows it to, to keep going forward in perpetuity. So let's talk about this in practical terms because I know that you and I recently had the experience where we were talking to, you know, a bunch of really passionate leaders and they're not at a, a Disney level property or universal size property. Um, and they said, you know, at the end of the night, we want to have that, that big goodbye, that big bang, but we can't do fireworks. We can't do a big fireworks show. Um, but what can you do? And I think that's the that's the difference in, in mindset and thought process is when you think about what can you do with what um, resources that you have. So thinking about that from the guest perspective, let's workshop this a little bit. What are some of those things that you feel like continually push the goalpost and push the boundaries of what an outstanding guest experience might look like? Yeah. Well, you touched on it a few minutes ago when you talked about making that emotional connection, especially if we're talking about it in context of, of a departure or a closing or an end of day. What is like what is that intangible thing that they're taking with them that drives up that emotion, that amps up that memory? That memory then leads to, am I going to visit again? Am I going to become a member annual pass holder? And am I, I going to influence others 
to visit as well by posting that five-star review on TripAdvisor that helps elevate them, you know, and in, in, uh, kind of boost those metrics. Um, and ways to do that is about making that favorable, lasting impression. There's um, there's a topic called the peak end rule, and it has to do with memory, and it has to do with kind of how how we process certain things during our day, during our life, et cetera. And we remember, we usually remember the beginning and the end, and then the peaks throughout. So if we can really leverage that first impression, that last impression, and then if we can implement not all wow moments all the time, because you, you need a second to catch your breath and sit down and, you know, have a pretzel and slushy, like whatever, like on a park bench, like just enjoy that, <laughs> you know, got to be celestial park, right? Just walk around that, enjoy just being, right? But when we can implement those, those wow moments, then we tap into this peak end rule that carries with us through the memory. So particularly at that at that end of day of just, okay, this is the last thing I'm gonna remember from this experience. How can we how can we amplify it? And in some places, yes, it is a firework show or a drone show or a light show or whatever it is. In other places, it might be that hospitality. It might be that that fond farewell. It might be that that thank you for visiting, uh, or some way to to tap into that that emotional connection upon departure. It might be asking if 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 you're having a birthday party at a, a family entertainment center or a trampoline park, offering to to carry presents and and decorations back to the car, something like that. Like that, just just those those ways to just go beyond expectation. So that. Peak end rule, I think, lends a lot of credence to what we've been talking about in terms of the employee experience as well, right? Because you think about an employee's day, I almost look at like it as a bell curve, right? You know, a lot of times the beginning is kind of a slow ramp up. We're coming in, we transactionalize our punching in, blah, blah, blah. Maybe there's a morning meeting, we're getting excited, right? Maybe our peak is in the beginning, you know, at, at some point during the day when we have a really cool guest interaction, but maybe there's there's ebbs and flows, right? Because our, our guests are, are you know, sometimes nasty, sometimes nice, sometimes, you know, kind of in between. Uh, probably the, the median of them is is kind of even keel. And at the end, maybe there's that slow ramp off of, okay, you know, I've just cleaned out my, my stuff on my attraction, wiped down everything. I'm going to go, I'm going to punch out and I'm going to leave. Right. And I try to use my voice to kind of amplify, you know, what that might look like or feel like. But if you if you invert that curve, right, and you say, we're going to make the beginning of our employees day just amazing and super exciting and incredibly memorable. And we're going to make the end of that day incredibly memorable and super exciting. And then we're going to focus on creating wow moments here and there for our teams throughout the day, you know, they're going to remember those peaks, right? They're going to remember the time when they had a guest incident and you came over and you supported them, right? And you had their back. They're going to remember that as a, as a peak. They're going to remember when it was a really, really hot day and management came around with lollipop or not lollipops, um, you know, popsicles, right? Uh, you know, they're, they're going to remember those those peaks. Um, they're going to remember when, you know, a manager came up to you and said, oh, my gosh, you did such a great job with that guest. They are having such a great time. And it's because of you. It's because you high five them on the ride, whatever it was. You know, your actions are really having a positive impact on the guest day. They're going to remember those peaks. And then again, you, you, you've got the, the inverted bell curve at the end. So you've got the, the goodbyes you're doing for your team as well as what you did for the guests. I just got another idea similar to my marathon spectating one earlier. Yes. We're recording this. We're recording this just before the Super Bowl. I think this comes out right after. What if your employees enter not not like uh not not like running and, and you know the the leadership is lined up like like a marathon. What if what if your guests are watching them enter like the team entering the field at, at a football game at the Super Bowl? You yeah. got the fog and you get the big inflatable arch, you know, going through. I don't know. That would that would amp up the beginning of my day. <laughs> so let's contrast that. Let's contrast that with what we typically see, right? I'm thinking about a you know relatively traditional amusement park. There may be a rope drop, right? So you drop the rope, you go up. You know the the guests are running, and where do they see the team members? They're yeah. already at their stations, right? Because they had to be there to do their test runs and stuff. You run up to the ride platform, and boom, they're already there, which is 
probably good and expected, efficient, <laughs> right? But what if, I love this idea, what if they're standing there with a rope drop, right? And before the rope drops, there's this, this tunnel that they come through and there's fireworks and, you know, smoke and stuff like this. And here come the team members, they're running through and then they go to their spots. You know, they've done their test runs and all that kind of stuff before. Then they go back to the office and then they're running back out. It doesn't sound too time efficient, but think of the spectacle. Think of the, the, the story that the guests are going to have to tell. Okay. They did the national anthem, right? A lot of places do that. Okay. They had this opening thing, but, they also had the team members running in like sports heroes, right? Oh, that's that's a cool, that's cool. That's cool. I hope somebody takes that. Somebody who's listening to this takes that and runs with that in some way, shape, or form. Do you want to just keep recording for another hour and come up with ridiculous ideas? This is ridiculous, right? It's ridiculous, but there's there's like elements of feasibility in it. Like, yeah. Like it, it, well, it can be done. Yeah. I, I think, again, what it comes back to is just the time to think about these things, right? We are in the mode of talking about these, these, these elements, right? And we've had enough experience to kind of think about how it could be feasible. But none of these ideas, at least for me, were an idea in my head before we had this conversation. Same. So I think what that tells us is that these ideas are not just going to come out when you sit down at your desk and say, oh, how am I going to do this, right? You have to get input from other places. You have to brainstorm and collaborate with other people. And you know what? Some of these ideas may be stinkers. Some of these may be the, the not feasible, worst idea in the world. Mm -hmm. But so what? You know, you try it once, you see if it works. If you can tweak it, make it a little bit better the next time, see if it'll, see if it's something you can sustain. But I mean, if I were a, a team member and I got to go through that tunnel and blast through the paper, you know, and do all that. And man, that would be cool. And and the guests are cheering because you're the hero. Yeah. Yeah. And then you know, think about what the guest is talking about at the end of the day. Rides were cool. Shows were, were cool. Food was, was cool. It was all, it was all great. It was all awesome. But let me tell you about the way the employees showed up. Yes. Yes. Boom. Oh. That was a pen, but it was supposed to be a mic drop. But there was audio only. Matt made no noise dropping. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love recording episodes like this. We're, I mean, it's it's total banter, but it's it's innovating, right? This is, you know, this is we're we're just coming up with with ideas here on the fly. So to recap this, getting past the honeymoon phase and how we do that, using feedback to make continual improvements, and then keep pushing the goalpost. And um, what this what this really stemmed from again was. How do we take that excitement that we have when something's opening and we used, you know, Epic Universe as our as our springboard, but no matter what it is, how do you keep that going? And even if you're not a, a brand new attraction, tomorrow is a new day, right? So tomorrow is a new celebration. It's a new grand opening. It's a new opportunity to focus on how you can create these experiences going forward. And ultimately, when you focus on the guest experience like this, the employee experience, the revenue has got to follow, right? The The business success has to follow. So um, this, this was super fun. I'm glad we got to do it. 100%. This was fantastic. And for anyone from Universal listening to this, we want to see on opening day at Epic Universe, the team members running out like they are playing the Super Bowl and having all the guests around you <laughs> for opening day. We want to see that. So to Universal, that's what we want to see. And to everyone else who is out there watching and listening to this, just remember, we are all Attraction Pros. Thanks for listening to the Attraction Pros podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you can tune in when new episodes release. And even better, please leave us a review on iTunes. For more information, visit attractionpros.com.